generally speaking, right, that's such a open age period where there's so many possibilities, so many options. Maybe we went to college and graduated and now we're like, what do we do with our careers? If not, you know, job and careers relationship is always top of mind. So there's already such a big identity, like, question or shift or um, desire to like figure out who we are generally speaking that all these factors are impacting us so then with the work that I do with my clients um, most of them being like first gen as well there's another layer of like family expectations like financial like you know like cultural expectations that plays another role and you know that also impacts people who are not first gen but definitely more so you know, first-gen folks have that to another um, degree. So there's just so many things going on at that age. And um, I think it always starts with like being aware of what we need and what we want as individuals that kind of helps form friendships because when we're not clear of what our values are, boundaries are, what we want from friendships, it can get very messy. Hi everyone, welcome to Open Mind Night, a show that talks about everything mental health and mental illness related. I am your host, Robin Tomanaha, licensed marriage and family therapist. Joining me on this episode is Allison Lee. She is a licensed social worker based in Los Angeles, California. She does video therapy for California residents. She's also a first generation Asian American born and raised in Los Angeles and identifies as Chinese and Vietnamese culturally. She also speaks Vietnamese conversationally. Hi, Allison. Hi, Robin. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. So first things first, um, I'm curious, like for the listeners, could you share a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what led you to be to be a therapist? I always get so excited when I meet fellow Asian American therapists. I feel like there needs to be like so much more of us, but for the listeners, how did you, how did you get into the field? Yeah, it's a, you're, you're definitely right. There's not a whole lot of Asian American therapists, but so me being first gen, meaning my parents were not born in the U S they migrated from another country. They came from Vietnam. They came over here, had me here. So I was born and raised in California. Um, I felt like I didn't have a lot of, um, access and privilege to things that a lot of other kids had and maybe I didn't know any of that but until I got into high school I think I recognized that there was a lot of things that I didn't know about didn't have exposure to just because of access knowledge and resources available so I always um I started off working with children because I thought it was really great that children could have these access and these um, opportunities that were not available to parents. But oftentimes there's a lot of barriers that come with being um, first gen, being children generally, that like, it is just difficult for them to be able to do what they need to do, go, you know, prosper and, and kind of figure out what they want to do in life because um, sometimes the, my, the parents may not have all that information. So I started off thinking um, I wanted to be in, you know, the social work field because I wanted to give back to the kids because the kids were like the ones that um, needed these resources. So yeah, I started off um, thinking that I would be um, able to help these kids like figure out what they want to do and, you know, do whatever it is that they want, figure out how to get there. 
So that's what really started it off for me. But because I personally benefited from all the resources and support I got from teachers, counselors, um, school districts, right? And so I really thought that that was um, something I wanted to give back to. Yeah. And then now therapy too. So that's wonderful. Yeah. It's, um, it definitely sounds challenging, like navigating, you know, all of that, um, you know, but at the same time, I think it's wonderful that, you know, you wanted to have that, that influence, you know, Mm -hmm. what about like, um, as it relates to, um, being a young adult or like early adulthood, I know that's kind of, you know, one of your areas and I have so many questions, but maybe we could start with that since we're talking about like more developmental stuff, you know, at least, um, even within the social realm, you know, I see that a lot sometimes in like in therapy, what's it like forming friendships, you know, as like a young adult, I'm thinking like 18 ish into thirties. Yeah. So generally speaking, right, that's such a open age period where there's so many possibilities, so many options. Maybe we went to college and graduated and now we're like, what do we do with our careers? If not, you know, job and careers, relationships is always top of mind. So there's already such a big identity like question or shift or um, desire to like figure out who we are. Generally speaking, that all these factors are impacting us. So then with the work that I do with my clients, um, most of them being like first gen as well, there's another layer of like family expectations, like financial, like, you know, like cultural expectations that plays another role. And, you know, that also impacts people who are not first gen, but definitely more so, you know, first gen folks have that to another um, degree. So there's just so many things going on at that age and, Um, I think it always starts with like being aware of what we need and what we want as individuals that kind of helps form friendships because when we're not clear of what our values are, boundaries are, what we want from friendships, it can get very messy along with all the other expectations that are just out in the world. Yes, values aren't so important to know. I think we don't often think about them, especially like Asian Americans, you know, very like oriented or you know kind of culturally or what we learn from family um, we don't always think about values but they are so important because they shape many things right like how you are day to day there's even like values in different domains of your life you know in this case like friendships like I think mm-hmm. having friends who have similar values or it's aligned that helps when it comes to um, connecting with others so it sounds like really getting in touch with that you know mm-hmm. And it's interesting because at 18 to 30 year old period, it's very like, I always view it as very like exciting in a way, like you get to explore all these things and like becoming, you know, like developmentally, you know, identity formation, you know, and all that. But I think something that doesn't always talked about, especially when it comes to Asian Americans or isn't considered too, is um, how that meshes with family, you know, too, Mm -hmm. because there is like forming friendships, but then also, you know, expectations of a family. How, what are your thoughts on like, um, getting to know yourself, right. And maybe forming your own identity, figuring out your values and all that. Um, but at the same time, not losing one's culture, right. Or themselves because of maybe 
you know, expectations, or I'm thinking like more filial piety, right, as being a part of the family. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's really tough because when we grow up in a family in any culture, all these thoughts and ideas are imposed or we internalize or we adopt or we accept. So then it sometimes becomes blurred where we don't know which one's what. So for example, yeah, like taking care of the family, you know, respecting our elders, something very dominant in the Asian culture, um, like where you can't talk back, kind of respecting your elders <laughs> versus having an opinion and trying to have a discussion or a debate about something is viewed very differently. So I think um, in order for someone to kind of navigate that is recognizing that it can, all these things can coexist. Like you don't have to pick one over the other. It doesn't have to be all or nothing where um, I always respect my family and never say anything ever, or I um, speak up all the time and, and, you know, don't like agree with them on anything and everything. So just having that flexibility of like, oh, I agree with my family values in this area, but maybe not so much this one and being flexible with how we um, view it and just acknowledging that this is important to us for a specific reason and not just yeah erasing it all or anything yeah not doing like the all or nothing Mm -hmm. type of um, mentality and also like you said flexibility almost think of um, different percentages probably for different things like or maybe a blend of the two or a few of them yeah Mm -hmm. something I um, I hear a lot you know personally but like professionally as well as like where those lines are sometimes or boundaries like a lot of boundary stuff comes up when I work with people you know and this kind of inner conflict of can I right can I have boundaries or where do my needs you know come into play you know or do I need to you know do I need to sacrifice like myself for maybe what my family expects or wants Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the boundary piece is so huge because especially in like first and second gen, but in any family, there could be little to no boundaries around um, what people might expect of you. Like if someone is, for example, born and raised here, parents don't speak English and maybe they're translating all the time. Maybe they're helping the family out with like anything and everything that they could because they have access to the English language or they're better at it than their parents are so then it gets the roles in the family even get enmeshed right and then the boundaries are blurred and then when the parents maybe want to tell the children or the now adults what they want to what they want children to do it it gets messy because it's like well I was the expert in this how come you're telling me to do this I know better and then I but no I know better as a parent so then it gets really confusing um and blurred for for the whole dynamic Mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like it's a lot to work through and process you know Mm -hmm. and I even think even um like generationally like now you know versus um those that are you know the elders and like maybe the different you know ways you know of doing things or you know beliefs or mindsets about um you know different things and it's always interesting even now like even like my Asian American Gen Zers. I'm like, ah, you know, like pro mental health, like all these things. And I'm like, so different from like, like my parents' generations and especially grandparents where things like nothing's ever talked about, or, you know, you just kind of go along, you know, and, and these are the set of things and expectations. So I always get like 
so excited and it warms my heart when I meet, you know, younger, <laughs> the younger generation. And, but then at the same time, um, at some point there seem there is this kind of conflict that comes up within the, um, within themselves. And then ultimately like, what does this mean for me and my family? Yeah. What does it mean for me to like, even be in therapy and talking about things that I'm supposed to not talk about, right? There's also this yeah. element of shame in the Asian American family of you don't talk about your drama or your conflicts with other people. So yeah, the fact that they're even in therapy and pro mental health is huge, but that conflict and then questioning that self-worth and how I'm viewed in the family is definitely still, still there. Definitely. Definitely. Another thing, um, you know, that comes up is it's hard. Like there's a lot of um, high achievers, you know, out there or, expectations may be placed um, on them. So this big thing of like comparison comes up a lot in different ways. Um, and then depending on how it goes, even some like imposter syndrome, you know? So what are your thoughts on, you know, that, the comparison and imposter syndrome, whether it's directly related to like API or not? Mm -hmm. I think with imposter syndrome, right, there's this anxiety piece of us not doing enough, not being enough, not good enough. But if we actually, I think it helps to look at facts to know, like, what have we actually achieved? What have we tried to do, strive to do, been able to accomplish with degrees, credentials also, just to really fall back on, like, I do feel this way. I feel like I'm not good enough, but the facts are I got this degree. I got this job. I am doing a good job. I'm not fired, right? If that's the case. Um, just really falling back on facts and not confusing the feelings with facts when we're feeling in like inadequate in some way or, you know, because we all know ourselves the best. So we know our flaws are in and outs way better than anyone else ever would. So we have that information that other people may not and just because we have doubt or feel nervous also doesn't mean that we don't know how to do something so I think that's really important to remember and think about because it's it's something that everyone deals with I, I think and I that's what I've experienced obviously same yeah. same yeah <laughs> so so what I hear you saying is um, really that that self-recognition you know recognizing what you have achieved how far you have come um, which takes practice, you know, usually what I hear is like, oh, well, you know, like kind of like the minimization. Oh, but then there's just so many other things. It's like, well, but already though, like you, you achieve these other things that are, are hard and you put effort and you put work into, you know, mm -hmm. um, as far as the comparison and like it's showing up, like this whole comparing like yourself to other people, like, where do you think that comes from? I think in our society, it's just so prominent, right? When we see what other people are doing, then we naturally think about, well, where am I? What am I doing? And yeah, with social media and things being um, very available these days, it's easy to, to just want what other people are having or think that we don't have everything everyone else is having, which is true. <laughs> but um, we also, I think, have to recognize that everyone's baseline is different of where they started off, what they have access to, and maybe what their values are, right? Going back to everything that we've just talked about. 
Um, but I think just in general, the comparison is hard because I think naturally we all do that and just like want to understand things better. So we like to like, compare and contrast a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just something to, again, pay attention to. Yeah, the social media one is hard. That's a hard one. And I always say like, so you're seeing what people put out there, not behind the scenes or what they were doing before this social media profile, you know, cause there's so much work like ahead to like, to like get to where they were. So we don't always hear those stories. It's just like, boom, instant success, like instant gratification. They got all these things all of a sudden, you know, when really there may have been um, some work beforehand or what it's like to upkeep all that success. You know, yeah. we don't, we, I wish that, I wish that was shown more, but yeah, unfortunately with social media, it's just kind of what's um what's put out there you know and and it's like in your face you know and it's mm. it's super super hard so maybe that like i'll share like personally because I, I i can share this again because i shared it on a different podcast but like one thing like i remember like experiencing was this like it wasn't direct comparison but i picked up on the vibe where it was like within like my family there was this like just hearing about other people's success but the way it was said I felt like it made me feel weird about myself because and it was like I don't know like somebody got accepted to some Ivy League college right or so-and-so's grandchild is now a doctor you know what I mean like all these things and then it's like said in a way and sometimes like I'm being looked at as these things are you know being said and I'm just like <laughs> okay, I don't know how to respond to this, but it feels kind of weird, you know? And so I almost, I, there were times, not everybody has experienced this, but I remember times where there was that, like, it was like indirect comparison to where then I started thinking about it and like where I was at that time in my life and how I wasn't doing that thing that I know I would never be able to be a doctor, to be honest with you. My math is terrible, mm -hmm. never happened. Um, but then also that like, oh, so is that what's okay? Like, is that what's approved? you know, is, is that, so it made me feel like really weird. Um, but I remember that being ingrained and that would happen like a lot, like at mealtimes. Yeah. And I wonder too, I, I don't know what it was like in your family, but in the interactions I have with like fellow, especially Asian folks, not a lot of conversation is had. So when there is conversation that, you know, something is brought up, like this person, um, kid is a doctor then it's like oh why are you bringing this up there's all this like internal questioning of like oh we don't really talk about job all, jobs all the time like why is this being brought up to then one wondering if it's something they're trying to like indirectly say yeah that indirect communication yeah trying to interpret interpret what it means yeah that's tough yeah. um let's see is there anything I didn't ask that you'd like to bring up or you'd like to the listeners to know about yeah I think you know with I know we briefly touched on a lot of important topics right like comparison like imposter syndrome and just relationships and it all really does stem from um how we interacted with our family originally and I think that that's really important to keep in mind and sometimes when we're thinking about these current issues that we are facing it's easy to think about what's going on now but it's good to have awareness and and knowledge about all the other factors that impacted us to get to help us be where we are now positively or negatively right to really give 
um, awareness and acknowledgement to those factors what instead of just thinking like well why aren't I here like this other person who's the exact same age living in the exact same city circumstances in their family and in their individual lives right could be so different so I think it's also looking at the bigger picture and not just honing in on they're the same age they're the same um I don't know in the same area in the same field so I need to be there yeah making sure to do that separation and everyone has their own path you know Mm -hmm. as well but I like what you said also is like kind of reflecting you know where the sources are maybe influences like you know all that's and that is the benefit of therapy too you have like a designated time to really process some of it all and really even dive deeper to kind of make sense of like how it's showing up why it's showing up and then maybe different ways to respond to like yourself even where our like worst mm-hmm. critic in a way like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is like real comparison is gonna happen like in different ways um, so making sure to like just take a moment you know to pause and reflect and then also um, do some self-compassion <laughs> and and really I know that was like a, there was like this thing at some point where it was like um, and I used to do it as well at one point where I was like kind of reflecting on like just things that had happened that day like maybe things that went well or something that like I think for me it was something I contributed to um, something positive and really doing that self-acknowledgement I think at first it um, it takes practice and effort because it's not natural mm-hmm. right we're used to the yeah. other end like what more can I do what am I not right. what do I need to get you know, and yeah, I did these things, but that's not like the bigger thing. So I'm just not really focusing on that. I'm focusing on like the future things. And I always tell people like, no, no. But then like, in order for you to get here, it took you to go through some of those other steps to get here. Like even mm-hmm. the job stuff, like it took you to go through school, get certain degrees, internship, all that. Those things still count. And they, they, they should also be taken into consideration, you know, and acknowledged even um, as somebody's like moving forward, but it's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So many layers. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for being here. This was, this was super helpful and I love this conversation. So I could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> uh, for the listeners, if they wanted to like find out more about you, is there like social media or like website that they could go to? Yeah. So my website is my name, allisonleetherapy.com. And then I'm also on Instagram with the same, um, handle Allison Lee therapy and yeah I you know work with um adults now mostly adults who are first and second gen struggling with a lot of the issues that we've talked about and yeah like with the, what we had talked about it's being aware practicing self-compassion talking it out figuring out like what our next steps are in a kind and compassionate way that really helps us move forward so I yeah I just hope that no matter what everyone's gonna practice being kind to themselves and acknowledge their accomplishments and efforts yeah today I will um I'll put it in the show notes I'll put those links that way um people can easily click on them and then like I said earlier in the beginning like um since Allison is licensed in the state of California and doing video therapy you could reside anywhere in this in the state in order to receive um you know services from her and then also being in the state of California when you log on to that appointment so so again, thank you. Um, thanks, Allison, so much for, for doing this. It was super helpful. Yeah, thank you, Robin. Thanks for listening. 
Hopefully this was informative or helpful. If you think this episode may be helpful to others that you know, be sure to share this episode with them. The resources mentioned and the contact information for today's guest are listed in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating. If you would like to stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast and follow the podcast Instagram at OpenMindNightPod. Also, this podcast is not psychotherapy or counseling. If you need to speak with a professional, you should find one local to you and contact them directly. If this is an emergency, please call your local emergency number or go to your nearest emergency department. Thank you.